Welcome to another collective conversation. We are blessed with a second time guest, uh, Paul Bergeron, who is the executive editor or influencer at content, uh, sorry, <laughs> content producer at Thought Leadership Today, also reads, uh, writes for Globe Street. But Paul has been around the industry for a very, very long bit of time, and he is wise beyond his years. So I'm happy to have him back. We're going to talk about some interesting things that have happened in conferences as of late uh, and see what Paul made observation of and then dive into some detail as it relates to that. Paul, welcome back. Glad to be back. Yeah, always. What? Uh, so you've been on the conference circuit. It seems like you, uh, I think you went to AIM. You also went to ULI. You also went to TAA. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I did. They were all back to back. And then at the end of it, just for fun, I went to a um, sales conference for Grace Hill in Denver. So it was four trips and basically 24 days, I think, or something like that. Super fun. Met so many great people, reconnected with people. I mean, it started at ULI, which is the Urban Land Institute in San Diego. Now, I had not been to that organization's events before. It was kind of a new thing. I don't know if the audience has. Um, very nice people, very well-run conference. I recommend it highly, especially if you're a developer. Um, it was very San Diego focused. They talked a lot about, uh, what do they call it? Urbanizing suburbia. So they were looking at cities and talking about how the suburbs are just as important. You know, the places 30 miles from downtown San Diego are really the hotspot for a market like San Diego. And yet, the downtown is trying to attract those people with reverse commutes and things like that. So how applicable that is to property management and apartments, I'm not sure, but um, it was fascinating and you can't beat the view. <laughs> do you, do you think, yeah, that's a true statement. <laughs> is that, do you think the thesis for that is that when, when COVID happened, a lot of people sort of went out of the city and into the suburbs. And so the idea or the thesis there is to sort of build out an urban-esque or esque environment. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of the talking about, um, you know, San Diego's very big on, on life sciences and medical things. That's kind of their niche. Uh, but they talked about other markets too. So I have friends who live in San Diego. In fact, Departmentalize is going to be there in about six weeks. Um, so if you go 30 miles outside, you're going to find all these corporate headquarter type things. And um, that's kind of where the the professionals are these days. And that serves apartment living well, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it's uh, it's interesting. I, I live in a suburb and one of the chief complaints that both my wife and I have is that we don't have the, not, not that we expect to have walkability, but we do expect to have sort of a restaurant set, just kind of the neighborhood accoutrements that you would you would expect in an urban setting, but maybe the little lesser version of that. But we don't have that. We have to drive a good, yeah. good distance to get to it. Yeah, well, California, everybody drives everywhere, right? So <laughs> that's, <fair. laughs> that's one of those things. Um, but no, it was a great event. Um, they talked a lot about sustainability building practices, which we've been hearing about for years, talked about different kinds of wood and lumber. I'm glad I went, but um, it probably wasn't the best of the three, I would say the best of the three came next, which was the uh, unbelievable AIM Apartment Internet and Marketing Conference in Huntington Beach, California, which is uh, a few miles from where I went to high school. So it was a great chance to get back to that and to wake up to the ocean every day. So um, great people and great sessions there. I learned a lot. Oh, they, you know, Steve and uh, what is the other gentleman's Dennis? name? Dennis, they put on, I, well, I, I've been named. Twice, I think. 
um, one time in Denver and the other time in Huntington Beach, but just what a, what an incredible conference. What what struck you? I mean, aside from the pent up energy that people have because they haven't been out doing the conference circuit, what what aside from that did uh, did, did you get excited about at that conference? Yeah, it's so funny you say that because by the second night, I was talking to people at the social events, and they're like, "I'm not in shape for this." <laughs> people's voices people's like vocal cords were getting worn out and i'm just like really <laughs> anyway no it was it was great um it was mostly about marketing now the thing about that was there was an enormous amount of uh supplier partners there new ones and established ones and we could talk about that later but um yeah it was a big time turnout for that uh the sessions themselves i mean the keynote speaker was the last day it was chelsea handler if you know her she's from like tv fame she has the the vaccinated and horny um tour going on so she was interviewed there and she people were like what does that have to do with apartments well it had nothing to do with apartments (laughs) she just looked like the glamorous celebrity up there with the blonde hair and the dress and everything and she talked about celebrity life and um growing up as a, a woman trying to break through in hollywood and all this kind of stuff and her of course her topless skiing video that she posts that she was famous for um and her husband who apparently is a really nice guy which you don't really hear that a lot in hollywood right so um that was interesting but really the the meat and potatoes of the session of the sessions there was a lot about um some of the sort of the common topics, but taking them to another level, um, website optimization, search optimization, um, centralized leasing offices. There was a little bit of session in there about using crypto as a marketing tool for student housing. That was pretty interesting. Um, I was assigned to write up every single session, believe it or not. And I think there were probably 25 or 30 of them. But if you go to aimconf.com, most of them I think are posted now or will be soon. Um, check them out. They're nice, short little vignettes that I did on each conference with the high points. Um, I think one of the most interesting ones that I went to was a, a panel of apartment executives, one from Graystar. Uh, I can't recall the other two companies. And they talked about what supplier partners need to do to win business, which of course, everybody wants to know that answer. Sure. And they they put it out on the line. They 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 gave the information. Um, uh, gosh, I can't think of her name. Sophia. Um, anyway, um, if you read the article, she said she talked about how um, what is it? The buzz don't overkill us with buzzwords because she says you walk around this conference and you could circle like fifteen words that are going to be used by every single vendor. So you really have to break out from that and you have to have maybe a one sheet um, documentation of the value of your company to share. Um, they talked about how they go back to their teams and discuss uh, candidates for technology and they bring the entire office, not the entire office, the entire corporate headquarters together so that they're all on the same page. I mean, these are all best practices that people should be doing anyway. Um, another phrase that, that came up that I thought was cool, there were a lot of phrases that came up on this, on this trip that were cool, but one of them was called tech sprawl. So she was saying that you want to avoid tech sprawl, which basically means you keep adding technology to your platforms and then it just becomes more and more complicated rather than simpler. So 
you need as a vendor and as a management company, I would say, and maybe you can comment, is you know, sometimes it makes sense for everything to be under one roof. And sometimes it makes sense for it all to be best of breed. You have to make those decisions and they're not easy. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I've been on a couple of podcasts now that that topic has come up, best of breed versus full stack solution. And it, it's a hard question to answer because from, from an operator's perspective, having a full stack where everything is integrated, everything works, uh, seamlessly overused word frictionlessly or frictionlessly right, you <laughs> you know, all, all that stuff i hate those words but sometimes they fit <laughs> um but as an operator that's fantastic but as someone who loves technology and loves the guy in the garage putting together the next best thing and, and wants to support that person i i want best of breed right i want to be able to right. You know, there's a guy named Elliot Burris. He, he's become a really good friend of mine. Um, he created Lisa, which was one of the first uh, AI leasing agents. Yes. She was, so Lisa was the name of the thing. We adopted that very early on. We were one of his, his first customers. And, and I love that technology. I love that guy. But then he did what most guys do. They sold to Appfolio. And then I got upset. And, yeah. <laughs> and then, but he, you know, he did what he what any good entrepreneur would do. So I, I, bots, I and central, bots and centralized leasing were definitely topics that came up every corner. So that's where this industry is going. Uh, at least for the, those who can play along with that. Yeah, no doubt. And it, and it should. And I, I think the interesting thing with that, at least go for, and this is in my head, it's a little bit looking around the corner, you know, pretty soon you and I are going to have our own, personal AI agents. We already have Alexa or Google in our house, right? And so there is a day, I believe there's a day right around the corner where you would say to, I'm not going to say it because she'll talk, she'll speak right now, but you'll say, <laughs> you'll say something to your personal assistant and they'll go out and do the apartment search. They'll at least curate the first cut of things and they'll actually communicate with those bots, you know, those bot agents at those apartment communities. Right. And those two AI agents are going to figure out what's best fit for you. And you just get to go to the one that, that well, you've done nothing. The woman that whose name escapes me, Joya, her name is Joya. She's from RKW. She was talking about mystery shops. And she said that her company does mystery shops and they brought on a funnel, a group that helps them with their AI situation. And they were testing and scoring mystery shops for the people who were doing them like, you know, people like human beings, but they accidentally lumped in one of their communities that was using funnel. So when the scoreboard came back, the funnel community got a hundred out of a hundred. So they're like, whoa, that means that we really machine learned the heck out of our bot and it was right on the money and did everything correctly. I thought that was fascinating. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if you do your bots right, your mystery shops are going to be 100% perfect. Oh, that that is awesome. What a testament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's right. I'm trying to think. Another good session was one that had Mike Whaling, if you know him from 30 Lines, and, and, and Holly, Holly Beckman was up there, and um, uh another lady um, from Sprout Marketing. I can't think of her name. Um, Barbara. Yeah, Barbara Savona, I think. Yep. So they were talking about website and what to do with that. And Mike is a genius with that kind of thing. I mean, 
he was talking about if you're building your website, you need to think like a search engine, not like a marketer, because you need to determine what your customers are looking for and make sure that that's front and center. Um, and then the, what is it? The let's see if I got this right. The button that you push on there that says like lease now or something on there. He said, come up with personalized phrases for those buttons. And he suggested, come on, you know, you want to. <laughs> That's what the button says. I love it. Yeah. And that, you know, that is just a kind of, of impetus that these renters might need. Right. So it, it truly is. It's, you know, it's, it's generational differences. Right. And I, I think the generation that is leasing apartments now, I mean, lots of people lease apartments, but youth, uh, which is certainly a big cohort is they love that kind of thing, right? They, they respond to that kind of thing. Yeah. Too, and yeah. Maybe and, you know, you had a lot of the usual things at AIM that were related to authenticity and social media and TikTok. And their other keynote speaker was a guy that ran uh, the marketing for some of the biggest brands in the, in the globe. He was amazing. I can't think of his name, but he talked about, um, helping TikTok and other brands really get their messages out. It was it was a fantastic event. Uh, it really was. If you haven't been to AIM at least once, you have to go. Uh, a lot of people there have been there like me, like 10 years in a row. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I would echo that. Having only been twice and, and been certainly influenced and impacted by it, I would definitely echo that. Yeah, the AIM Conf website will have some data. And by the way, if anyone's watching and they and I, they hear me reference any stories that I've written, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn because I can send you advanced copies of them or send you links or something. Because some of these things haven't been published yet. Um, I'm happy to do that. Um, the other conference that I had never been to, believe it or not, in 21 years was the TAA conference, the Texas Apartment Association. So, yeah, that was fantastic. It was in Houston. And I had never been because I think that usually it was around the time of Apartmentalize and being the editor of the magazine, I wasn't able to break free for more than one event, you know, so, but I got there, I went to three or four sessions, I wrote those up for TAA. Um, One of them was a session on maintenance hiring from Mark Cuprow. If you know Mark, he is a super experienced trainer and former technician. And he said, look, hiring is really difficult right now. And nowhere is it more difficult than maintenance teams. And he says, the way our industry goes about it is completely broken and we need to stop doing it. And everybody's like, whoa, because you know how everyone, everyone has the same cut and paste job descriptions for the same types of positions, for the same types of audiences and reach out. He came up with a list. It took three slides on his PowerPoint of industries that apartment people should take notice of that have employees that are related to maintenance who have soft skills. And his point was, if you can find people with soft skills, and it's not easy, you can train the heck out of them how to fix this, how to, how to adjust that, how to work as a team on, on maintenance training. He said, people who are listing jobs that say, must have five years experience of this, must be certified of this, you are shrinking your potential pool candidate of pool of candidates, and it's going to make it harder. So bring people in, and like you were saying earlier, the culture, make them feel happy and comfortable and loved and respected. And we don't all do that in this industry. 
you do that, you have an employee for life. He talked about the age uh, breakout for maintenance techs. He's like, most techs are like 50 and older. They're going to be retiring and leaving. He asked the entire audience, how many people has an, a maintenance tech under age 30 in the room? And the room was packed and no one raised their hand. So what wow. are those companies going to do to bring in new people? Yeah, and that's... if you want that list of the three <clears throat> the three PowerPoint slides of all these industries, I think you could probably guess a lot of them. But um, I can send that to you. Yeah, let's get that and link that up. I think that'll be valuable for the audience. Yeah, so that was a fascinating event, um, especially the part about how to write job descriptions. I mean, he was so on the money with that, so on the money. Um, yeah, he's he's so right. If if I can make one remark there, I think how that. Now that ties out to resident retention. I mean, our yeah. our service team members are the ones that interact with our, our residents the most. So yep, yep. Important. Exactly Soft skills right. are important. Um, what else at CAA? Uh, I think I did one on student housing, which talked about renovations. We've all heard those things. It was good, but you know that's not anything that I was a huge takeaway. But the the beauty of the conference was people used to tell me that TAA really knows how to put on a conference, and they were right. I mean. All the materials, the signage, every the coordination, and it's it's close to the size of Apartmentalize. And I'm not saying Apartmentalize doesn't know how to do it, put on a good show too, but TAA, man, oh man, it was fantastic. I, I remember this is gonna this is gonna date me. I went to TAA. I, I actually lived in Texas for a long time. I went to school at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, <clears throat> and I I worked for EPT Management Company based in El Paso, Texas, and I I went. Had the opportunity to go to TAA. Uh, at the end of the conference, I purchased all of the content on cassette tape. Yeah, <laughs> that you could take back and listen to in your car. So yeah. that was pretty interesting. EPT, you, you know, does, you get that. does that literally stand for El Paso, Texas? Yeah. No, I don't actually. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. I, I can't recall, but I do know that we took a lot of. Uh, a lot of ribbing for the uh, pregnancy testing. EPC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking so. of speaking of words that stand for something, I don't know if people saw my LinkedIn post from yesterday, but the uh, the art of RKW has has this bot that is their their service, you know, their what virtual leasing assistant. And a lot of these companies, like Lisa, I mean, they can name your bot based on branding, based on something that's clever. And Joya told me that the name of their bot is Kit. And I'm like, okay, Kit, you must be like a cat fan. You like kittens, you know, something like that. And she said, no, Kit stands for keep in touch. And then she said that it was also named after the car from Knight Rider. A show that I didn't watch, but I posted it on LinkedIn and people were already telling me, one guy was like, that's not the name of the car. That was some technology on the car. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a car guy. I'm not. And I'm not an American car guy. So they were showing the car from Knight Rider that had Kit on board. I just thought it was hilarious. That's genius. I love that. Yeah. Um, so that was TAA. That was AIM. I'm sure things will pop into my head later. Um, and ULI. Um, oh, here's one fun thing that I saw in Denver at the Grace Hill event. I'm walking down the street. Again, this is on my LinkedIn. And there's a bar there that I had gone to the night before with a friend. And we had a good time. And the people were very friendly. And they had a big 
um, like chalkboard thing on the sidewalk outside the bar. And the sign said, if your name is, and then they named four names, like two guys and two girls, you drink for free tonight. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I'm like, how did that, how did that all come together? And I talked to a woman there and she said, they, I thought, are those like special VIP customers? Are those people that won a contest? Are they like members of the club? And the woman said, no, those are just random names. If you walk in and you have that name on your driver's license, you, you drink for free. And then, of course, what does that mean? That means you call all your friends and say, hey, 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 come on over tonight. I mean, it draws people in. So I posted that on LinkedIn. And Lisa Trozine was the first, as always, to respond. As always. <laughs> and she said, yeah, you can use that in apartment management. He said, she said, without, you know, not fair housing violations or anything like that, but like, you might be able to waive an application fee for somebody if they have that name or something. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you can in and out of that. So I thought that was really cool. I, I love that. That brought to mind. I was, I was in Houston one time. I was staying at an Aloft hotel and I walked in and we had an A-frame with a chalkboard thing on it and my name was on it. And, and I, you know, you do a double take. I'm like, because you're not expecting to see your name on a, an A-frame. And it went on to say, you you are the customer of the day. And I got this like um, charcuterie board with fresh fruit and all of this stuff. It was already in the room. And it was just, that was kind of fun. And yeah. what did I do? I took a picture of it and posted it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I found that that backfires every once in a while. So shout out, shout out to our friend Darcy Forbes, who she and I are cat, cat fans. And... One time when I went to the vet, they would always put on the wall, we're so happy to, to take care of, you know, Fido and Sparky and, and, and all these different animal names. And my cat's name was not on there. So I was a little peeved. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful, right? That's right. As with anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my trip to Denver. Lots of fun. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we, um, I talked to you beforehand. We were going to talk about some other sort of high, high arching themes that I've noticed lately. Yeah. The one, one thing that you shared with me, just maybe to kick this piece off is that, you know, in, in the past, there's sort of this conference sets up and it's there to sort of create this collision point between supplier and people like, like me, you know, so that you can get buyers, uh, customers in front of buyers and, or, uh, suppliers in front of multifamily operators uh, in an effort to, to, you know, get some, I guess, attention and potentially sales. So, but you made an observation of something that seems a little bit different. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I did notice something <laughs> lately and it was confirmed by some of the suppliers that I was talking to. I can't remember because I, I would name names if I could um, and I will, but um, <laughs> they were saying that the, now, if you look at the AIM conference, I think I'm trying to remember how many people they had. I want to say maybe 4,000. I can't remember. But they had a boatload of, of supplier partners there. I mean, way more than you could ever think. Credit, credit to Dennis and all that. And our partner industry in apartments is so great because people get along, I think, from what I can tell. Now, someone will tell me I'm wrong. But, you know, they're sharing of best practices. They, they have a common good and a common goal. So someone told me that these conferences... I'm like, why are you here? And they're like, well, we're here to talk to four other supplier partners. I'm like, what? 
you're not going to talk to Avalon Bay and Camden and all these other companies? Well, yeah, yeah, but we're really here to talk to other companies because these companies these days are merging and collaborating and 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 coming together or buying each other out or things like that. And I'm not just talking about Yardin RealPage. I'm talking about the smaller companies, right? <laughs> that are looking to partner with others to make themselves stronger and best to breed. And I just thought that was fascinating. And they're all under one roof. You know, it's, I, who was I? I was talking to somebody the other day. He asked me a question. I think it was Mike Wobbler or Wobbler. Wobbler, yeah, he was there. Yeah, so. I, Rent I Dynamics, I think. Correct, correct. And I think Mike asked me a question about you know, sort of forecasting in the future, what do you see? And I, th- I think one of the things that that I said back to him was exactly, well, similar to what you just said in the sense that uh, what what's going to really disrupt the uh, multifamily space as it relates to technology going forward? And, and I think what you just said is going to be one of the big disruptors. You're going to, you're going to get a, a bunch of smart people in a room one day and they're going to collide and they're they're going to play off of each other's energies, and they're going to figure out that their best in breed solutions are actually. I don't know what the term is for all that put together, but collective, right? Collective. That collective is is going to be the disruptor, in my opinion, in the future. That could, you know, look, Yardi and, and RealPage and, and those big legacy players have been around for a long time. They've done a lot of good things for the industry, but I think we could share probably a list of 10 to 25 to a hundred things that frustrate every one of us about their legacy places in this industry. And guys like me are cheering for the other guy or guys or gals to come along and create that thing that, that at least becomes a formidable competitor to those, those legacy players. Uh, Nothing against them, maybe something, but. (laughs) So that, that really teased me up for another point that I wanted to talk to you about. And that is the the what do you call it the the resonant journey the prospect journey what is that phrase that we always hear at all these conferences you know the touch points from the moment they find you to the moment they sign up to the moment they come through the door to the moment they lease to the moment all that stuff right, right so right. everyone calls it the resonant <laughs> journey well i ran into a company that came up with a great new phrase that i thought was awesome and that was called journey ai journey.ai. It's a company called Hiley. If you've heard of them, it's H-Y period L-Y. I met with them a couple days ago and they're talking about Journey AI because they have the software that literally goes from the moment at the beginning to the moment at the end. A lot of these companies, admittedly, they have bots, they have lead nurturing, they have scheduling and appointments. I mean, and some of them have more than that, but highly, as they tell me, takes you through the whole journey. Um, Now, immediately someone's going to call me and tell me they do too. And I believe it, but just think about that. (laughs) Think about journey AI rather than prospect journey. I think that was a great, clever phrase. I told them they better copyright it because now we're going to start saying it. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, yeah. Now, they're a company that has really smart data scientist engineers, okay? And I think a lot of these companies do, and maybe they have 5, 10, 20, 30. In fact, our our KW, I 
apologize if I'm getting the letters mixed up, but RKW Residential was just bought by Alfred. You might know that. Alfred yes. is short-term people. Okay, so I'm talking to Joya about that. We had a nice long chat. And she said that one of the great things about that happening, and let's be honest, it hasn't happened in the industry before. She said, all of a sudden, we're a middle-sized, smallish, whatever, property management company. We now have 40 data scientists on our payroll because of Alfred. So they can do so much more great tech stuff using that capability. Yeah, and I think I think the key there, or at least my observation is, in order for those uh, those data mining, data scientist oriented companies to be effective, they've got to go out and find gigantic data pools. Right, right. And so, it's so one of the quickest ways to curate those pools is to find property management companies or people who have big masses of data. Not unlike Guardian, RealPage, and Appfolio, and the others. Right, they're the way you train those bots and that AI is through mountains of, of data. Well, so I can see why that's a he. The, the the CEO brought up another great point about that, and this has come up a few times. It came up at OpTech last year. And that is, why does this industry not have a common taxonomy of how our systems are operating, how we're collecting data? Um, I remember talking to BH Management about this, and they were saying that they actually have a, a glossary, if you will, of all the terms that are affected in marketing so that every one of their properties uses the same terms for the same types of information so that they can compare themselves across a portfolio. I mean, the word glossary doesn't fit in today's, uh, you know, artificial intelligence world. But guess what? It does. It does. And Hailey was saying that we, the industry, needs to do this. It's not easy. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of energy for more than one company to, to try to do this. But it has to be done if we're going to get to the next level. And he gave me this funny story about how he, the comparable, right? So we all know, what is it? Dwight B. Eisenhower, the president from the fifties, who was, I don't know, he led us in some war or something. I can't remember my history. He showed me a picture of Ike from 1919 when he was a soldier. And he talked about the map of the United States and how here he was in Washington and he had to get to the West coast and there was no way to get there. There was no highway system. And he said back then there was proof he was taking pictures saying, we need this. And when he became president 40 years later, guess what the first thing he did was? He built a whole freaking highway system all over the country to satisfy this. And that's a lot of work. And that's what the industry needs to do. They need to work that hard to get us to that point. Because once we're there, we're just like the hotels and all these other people who have that kind of technology and data. And I think that's the next step. You know, it's... It Yes. It, and I think it goes back at least part and parcel to the remark that, that I just made. Have, have you ever heard of an organization called RITA, yes. Real Estate Technology yes. Alliance? Yes. I've been to one of their meetings, uh, one of their first meetings. Yeah. I, I think so. Part of, part of that organization being formed, there was MITS. Um, right. I can't remember right. what, what MITS stood for. It was for uh, internet listing or something. Something. Yeah. Something like it, but it was an yeah. effort to. It was an effort to get all these things to talk talk to each other, and I think, I think the modern day version of that is Rita and the in the work, <clears throat> just 
full disclosure, we, we actually support Rita uh, through contributions, but they, uh, I think they are really making an effort at Good. trying to figure out how to, to create data standards, um, you, you know, all, all the stuff that goes along with that. Um, but well, it, it, it goes back to the legacy partners, too, having to play along because they do have the bigger batches of data. So, you know, somebody needs to be that come together on all these companies. And I think that what you find at these conferences is the smaller companies, of course, because they want to grow, they're all on board. They want to help and share with each other and make it better. But we need to all do this. And it's going to take a couple of years, but we've got to work at it. Can't build a, yeah. can't build a, a, a countrywide uh, highway structure in, in a day, right? <laughs> So right, yeah, that's not going to happen in a day. But I think I think your point is right. We we have to come together as an industry, and that's going to include big legacy players, along with those guys who are in the garage today, creating the the future of the multifamily space and, and the way of technology. It's just it's it's time. It's yeah. time. We've all been talking about this for twenty twenty five years, and it's uh, it's time. <clears throat> and it's just going to be so exciting time. when it happens. You know, yeah. hopefully, you and I are still around. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I intend to be around for a while. Yeah. If I can. Um, so so there was another point on here. Let me see if I can. Decision makers for products and services have been, uh, yeah, such so as regional seats we input on. Oh, yeah. So this is interesting because, and we've had some experience with this as of late where third-party yeah. property management clients where you have asset managers who are actually driving the type of tech that the property management company would actually employ out into the market. So that seems to be a, a common theme or a trend that is happening as of late. Yeah, the industry is moving in that direction as well. We're becoming like other industries where, I mean, forever and ever, I mean, we've been along, around long enough. It was like, oh my gosh, you have a new product. You need to convince the on-site team to do it. They need to convince the regional to do it. The regional needs to convince the C-suite to do it. Then you have to do it. Well, apparently the decision makers now have moved over to the asset managers because the asset managers are ones that are most focused on efficiency and cost. And while they're not actually in the property, you know, fixing the air conditioner or, or helping hand off the keys to the apartment, they're the ones that are going to be making these decisions on what technology to use and why or why not. And to me, that also makes kind of sense. I think if we, again, if we talk a year from now, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So tell me about how that works for you. Well, it, so it came out of left field for us. We, you know, we're, we're new in the third-party property management business. Um, I'm not by, you know, I've spent time in other companies that were, were more third-party heavy, but <clears throat> Radco Residential has been owner-operated for, for since its inception. But um, we thought, well, we have a systems landscape. This is what we use. We'll put that in our property management agreement. We send it out to the client. Well, one particular client came back to us and said, hey, I, I see you. I hear you. But we have other things that we we use. And if if we want to enter into this relationship, we need some concession on your side to, to employ these types of technologies. And here's why. They were great. Um, and we did become business partners. And we love them. But they're to your point about them being data driven, really using data to make informed decisions about team member experience, which was really interesting to me uh, because they are an asset management firm, a, a big firm, right? But team members were on their mind, the customer's experience, and then also the business partner experience. So anybody that touches that property 
from those three perspectives, they were using data to inform their decision-making processes. And so we've adopted technologies uh, that we have to, not that we wanted to, um, but we had to, to do business with these organizations, but I'm glad we did. And we've learned some things. And uh, I think that's probably going to be, um, it, what brings to mind, what it brings to mind for me is that big property management companies, in addition to asset management companies that don't operate real estate, those two partners combined are going to be the massive influence that creates the change that we are all looking for in this industry. They're going to underpin those, uh, those companies, those uh, best of breed companies. They're going to underpin them and they're going to fund them and they're going to drive them. <clears throat> and that's what's going to, in my head, what's ultimately going to create the change that we all want to see is that. I mean, we're seeing that, that now, right? We're seeing a lot of property management companies involved in, in venture capital companies and vice versa. That's right. And That's right. they can serve as guinea pigs or whatever you want to call them, or they can just be ones that want to get a competitive advantage by having better technology. But um, That's right. yeah, I mean, don't be left behind, right? <clears throat> I, I, I believe that to be true. I mean, it's we're doing it, right? We see some best of breed stuff out there and we we get involved in, in investing in those guys. And mm -hmm. it's, <clears throat> it's for the, the fact that we want to see things that, you know, it's, what I don't like to see is where legacy companies buy up what a what would be a would be competitor and then starve them of resource, right? Or, yeah, that happens too. We know that happens, and that's unfortunate. <clears throat> yeah, that that's frustrating. I get it from a from a money making perspective or from a competitive perspective, but it's frustrating as an operator to see that happen. So, so next, what, on, uh, oh, go ahead. Next on the calendar is apartmentalize, right? That is right. Did we start the countdown clock. What do we got? The 13th of May today and six weeks, I think. Something that's like that. right. That's going to be a right. good, good time. You're going to be there all week. I get there on Tuesday. I think it's, I, I don't even remember <laughs> it. I wish I could just leave tomorrow actually, but, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, I get there Tuesday, stay till Saturday and, um, you know, it's going to be the usual great show. I know you're speaking at a session. I am. That's right. We're, uh, the Melissa DeSica, who is a dear friend of mine. We used to work together. She invited me to speak on a, a panel for, uh, called the human revolution, uh, in Girish, uh, I forget Girish's last name, but, uh, he's from a company I think based in Chicago trilogy. Uh, is Melissa the, the woman from um, Satisfax? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I have I have had a, a nice little, very small, friendly uh, acquaintance with her. This is so funny. I I just love telling stories. But last year at Apartmentalize, when it was over, I went to the airport like everyone, and I sat down in the terminal. And I sat down next to her, not even knowing who she was. And I laughed because I kind of know what apartment people look like. Yeah. So I looked over at her at one point. We sat, we sat next to each other for like 10 minutes. I don't even know if she remembers this. And finally, I looked at her. I go, were you an apartment life? And she's like, yeah. 
Well, we've kind of stayed in touch on email and stuff. I've been trying to, to do some work with her and run into her again. But that's really cool because I'm going to come to your session and, and I'm going to shake her hand and shake your hand. So I can't wait. I Yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever met you in person or not that I recall anyway. We probably and won't I'm... pie each other or maybe we got in line at the bar. I don't know. Yeah, that might have been. Yeah. I, I'm six foot eight, so you can't miss me in a crowd. Oh, okay. Well, I'm six seven, so. You are? No. No, I'm not. I wish. I would be in a different, I would be in a different profession, I think. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you yeah, if you're at apartmentalized and you're looking for me, just look like, you know, up and across the horizon, you probably pick my head out. So. I'll find you. I'll find you. That'll be oh, great. Yeah, who so, keynotes this year? I haven't even really looked at that. I I need to pull the agenda out and uh, I I got an email of uh it was yesterday or the day before that it sends you a little map and all the things you can kind of do the learning track. So I need right. to do that, but, but I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that means it wasn't like a president or something. Cause you'd probably remember that, but um, I might remember it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but the cool thing is when you get in that big room, I mean, it's like you're at a sporting event. Oh, you got, the, yeah, you got the TVs everywhere and you got all the applause and everything. It's awesome. I can't wait to go. And I can't wait to I, see I, San Diego. I can't either. That'll that'll be fun. It'll be fun to meet you in person for the first time and be fun to see Melissa. I haven't seen Melissa in nine years. Uh wow. That might be a lie. Maybe it's five years. It's been a long time. Well, I haven't but, seen her uh, since I haven't seen her in eleven months. Oh. So you're back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Lisa Trezine too. She's, she's one of my favorite people, but there are a lot of people I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing. Yeah. Absolutely. So, that'll be good. All right, sir. Well, I, I love this. I want to make this a mainstay of the, of the collective conversations because you're such a fan of fun guests to talk to. Anytime, anytime. There's always, so, there's always a story to tell. I could probably go for hours. Uh, yeah, likewise. It'll we'll keep it up. We'll uh, maybe after every conference or every other conference or something like that, we'll just uh, we'll make it a mainstay. We'll get together and we'll talk about the industry. I love it. Works for me. Thank you. Thank you, and for everybody else, we'll see you next time on the Collective Conversations. Bye now.